in my own space under the roof. This was the least room in the house, hardly a room at all, but infinitely precious to me. In the middle stood my crow's nest, which I might properly call my bed, where I lay every night to survey the rolling universe, my face turned to the window. The towpath was deserted. The marshes all around had been simplified by moonlight into an arrangement of powdery grey and greens. The river seemed a gigantic ingot of solid silver, except that now and again it crinkled when a log rolled silently past. I cannot tell exactly when the boat and its occupant arrived. One moment the water was empty, the next it featured the crescent of a hull with a figure sitting upright in the centre, oars in both hands, holding the vessel steady against the current. It was an unusual sight so late in the evening. More remarkable still was the way the figure seemed to stare at me directly. I propped myself on my elbows. As I did so, the figure released the oar from its right hand, lifted this hand in a solemn salute, then beckoned for me to come near. So great was my astonishment, I could not obey, but continued to lie unmoving on my bed. After several minutes, the boat turned round, and the silhouette disappeared. It has been my habit since childhood to rise early, no doubt because my father required me to help him prepare the Hispaniola for her voyage through each new day. On the morning after my visitation, my eyes flew open so suddenly I thought someone had called my name, and when I peered through my window again, there was the boat come back. It was a wherry, with a name painted in flowing black letters around the prow, The Spyglass. As I steadied myself against the wall of my room, the figure seated at the oars did as I half feared and half hoped. It raised a hand and beckoned to me for a second time. I did not need a third invitation. Descending the stairs as quietly as possible to avoid waking my father, I passed through the smoke-scented air of the taproom and outside onto the towpath. The wherry immediately veered towards me, and as the prow hissed into the grass, I collected the mooring rope took the marlin spike tied to the end and pushed it into the earth. When I straightened again, the figure had arranged itself to look at me, with water trickling in silver links from the oars he held poised above the surface of the river. I say he, but the features I now began to discern appeared so delicate they might equally well have belonged to a girl. I was startled into boldness. Who are you? The figure slowly took hold of the hem of its shawl, raised it, and showed its face. The hair was dark and cut short, the skin a warm olive brown. Squatting on my haunches, I brought our eyes level. I wanted to look into her eyes to understand my situation better. A girl's eyes, I was now sure. You refused to come down to me last night, Jim Hawkins. I beckon to you. I protested that I had not seen in the darkness. And where did you spend the night? I said. Surely not on the river. Why not on the river? I have my blanket. I glanced at her hands and saw the tips of her fingers were wizened with cold. Can I fetch you something to drink? I said. For your breakfast. A noggin, thank you, she replied. I went to do her bidding without delay. When I came back outside, I stepped into the boat and passed to the grog. Then I sat beside her, and we began talking, alternately sipping and chewing the two pieces of bread I had also produced. 
some of the mysteries of the spyglass lifted. The name itself was taken from the inn owned by her mother and father, in London, close to the docks in Wapping. Her own name was Natalie, often shortened to Nat or Natty, since, she said with her characteristic air of simplicity, it sometimes suited her to pass as a boy. Throughout this conversation, Natty glanced from time to time at a strange object, rather like a very large thimble that she had placed in the stern, as if challenging me to ask what it might be. The truth is, I had already decided, thanks to the whistling and warbling that occasionally floated through the cloth, I assumed it was a bird she kept in a cage for company. I now did as I felt I had been invited to do, and asked if I could see the bird. Natty immediately bent forward to remove the cloth, and revealed a miner. It was a most impressive bird, with very glossy black feathers, a large yellow bill, and a shrewd red eye.